like a moment from a horror movie. You have been hanging out in the wrong clubs, Mr. Wayne. I've seen this movie. Smoke and mirrors, guys. Welcome to the movie factory. Join the club. We've got jackets. And you stole it from a movie. We want you in our club, kid. Hey everybody, welcome to Burke Reviews Movie Club. I'm John Burke, and with me as always, Corey Starr. Hello, hello. And we are here to finish off our now streaming month of March 2022 with The Night of the Hunter from 1955. But before we get into that movie, um, we will see how we've been doing and what else we've been watching since the last time we recorded. So Corey, how you doing? Um, life is very stressful. Um, I'm very busy, but I'm fine. Um, I went to my first in-person yoga class on Sunday. Oh. Obviously did not die. I'm still here. Felt like I was going to a couple times. Also should know it's a beginner's yoga class. <laughs> well, I mean, that's a good starting point. I mean, you, you, you know, you wouldn't start at the Maybe extra I, level. I shouldn't feel like I was going to die, though. <laughs> Lots of, I like... Don't know. I know, right? I was like, and then I just, I really liked the instructor. It was really good two days later. And I, I, I guess I do have abs under there somewhere. Um, cause they're still like sore when I do like, I exercise regularly. Yeah. You know, like I do, but dang. Well, but yoga is going to give you like a very specific work. Different. Yeah. Like m- muscles. I did not even know I had. Yeah. But it was really fun and I really enjoyed it. Sometimes it's hard to go do, I've been wanting to take a yoga class for a long time, but also I have many reasons why I haven't, (laughs) um, and my friend's been going, so I went with her, and I just really enjoyed it, um, so guys, if you're scared to go do stuff, just go do stuff, as long as you're not hurting anybody else, yourself. Yes. You know, go do it, you'll probably like it, um, yeah, and then, you know? Well, and studying. I, oh, studying for the exams or yeah, I'm still working on I'm working on my main um certification now, which um I'm trying to do like a chapter a week. They say that they're like 20 pages long, but they're lying. It's an it's like an ebook, and I think that those pages are like it, it would really be like 40 or 60 pages if it was a real textbook, you know. I yeah. also think I have ADHD. I don't know. Or ADD, and I'm having a hard time concentrating. But it's fine. Yeah. I got my first root canal. Um, oh, dang! Yeah. Uh, actually, I gotta say, um, I am I am not a... F- I don't dislike the dentist. I appreciate that they do, and I think their job is necessary. I yes. don't understand why these little squares in our body can hurt so, so badly. But um, I was spent... Most of my life not going to the dentist, not by choice. I didn't have insurance as a kid, and then and then by the time I had insurance, I was afraid of going to the dentist because I just heard nothing but horror stories. Right. So uh, at this (laughs) point, I've had a few things done. Like six years ago, I had um, nine teeth extracted out of my mouth, including my four wisdom teeth. That was like I had to be like put to sleep because it was so much being done to my mouth. And there was like, no way that was like my first time at the dentist other than a cleaning. Right. So it was like, nope. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, a couple of years ago, pre COVID, I got two fillings for the first time. Like that was the first time I've had to have a filling done. Um, so I hadn't gone through COVID until maybe like a month ago. Cause I was having some weird pain and both of the fillings had cracked. And one of the fillings, uh, one of the teeth that had a filling in it became where I needed a root canal. And it sounded terrifying. Um, and it was. Uh, I was very, very nervous. I don't think I've ever actually shaken where, like, I felt like a chihuahua for a minute. Like, when I was in the dentist chair for, the like, yesterday morning, um, like, I could feel myself shaking. And I didn't like that. That was not, uh, I'm not, like, I'm not a brave person. I wish I was. I, I am not. But, uh, like, I don't know that I've ever felt. Like, I didn't even feel that scared, like, mentally, but my body was, like, reacting, like, like, defying my brain. Like, in my head, I convinced myself I was fine, but my body was like, no, you're not. I'm like, oh, well, thanks, body. Um, But I was, I was pleasantly surprised that it didn't really hurt. Like, the numbing really did the trick. Like, I didn't feel it. Like, there was a little bit of pressure, 
But the thing that gets me is I have a very sensitive gag reflex. And I learned yeah. this the first time I went to the dentist uh, and they made me take an x-ray because they put this, like the thing in your mouth that you have to like bite yeah. down on. I can't do it in the back. Like I, it, it is a, I've almost puked on no. several people at this point. Um, I've never actually no. puked, but I gag very loud. Uh, and like, it's a whole ordeal. So, um, I was already a little nervous. I'm always nervous about that. I handled like the, the hands cause there was no pressure. It's like, the stuff I have to bite down on that I know shouldn't be there freaks me out. Um, so they put a wedge thing in my left, the left side of my mouth because the right side of my mouth was where he was doing the work and he wanted it to stay open. Cause I guess I kept like messing with the, how much was open or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I, I was okay with that. I felt a little like, Oh, Oh, but I got it under control. I was breathing. I, I one, one, I don't know what the right terms are for the, the, the dental, not the dentist, but the people that do everything else. Um, and I know that there's different terms depending on what they're doing, but the, the people who have x-rayed me the last couple of times have really helped me like get a, a breathing thing going where I can at least get through it. Um, it almost sounds like I'm, I'm like the pregnancy breathing where I'm like almost, I'm not quite, rhythmic, like, but it's, it's like right there. Um, and so I, I, I got the, the wedge in my mouth and I was all right. I have my eyes closed for like the whole time and he's now ready to start the root canal. And he's like, I need you to open your eyes. And he's holding up this like, like little tarp with like two metal poles. He's like, we're going to put this in your mouth to catch like the, the, the debris and the liquid and the, there's different chemicals or whatever for the, the root canal. And just seeing it made me gag. Like I almost threw up like for real. Cause I'm I was just like, sorry. the idea of this plastic thing in my mouth felt like something out of seven. Like I'm like, no, oh, cannot be this thing. I, I'm not into this, sir. I didn't sign up for this. Um, and, but I, you know, okay. All right. And it, it was actually, wasn't as bad as in my head. It was going to be like, cause I'm looking at it. Like when he's holding, I'm like, how is that going in my mouth? Like where doesn't make sense to me. I don't, I can't visualize what you're showing me. I don't know why I needed to look at it. I guess it was my first, like what I understand. You're trying not to shock me. You totally shocked me with the other direction than what you were thinking. And so that's in my mouth. I'm, I, I, I'm fine. Uh, he's doing the thing. I'm not surprised. It's not really hurting. There's a, some weird pressure. And I do think they move your head around. Like you're not, it's not attached to your neck. Like I, he was pinching my lip at one point. I'm like, okay, I don't know what, what's normal, but some of this feels like it's not my tooth. Like, I don't know like why this is happening, but fine. Then he's done with the root canal and he's like, all right, we need an x-ray. And I'm like, no, I th- no. Why do we need an x-ray? You were just in the mouth. Didn't you see it there? <laughs> Like, why do you need it to be so I almost throw up like three times doing the x-rays. And at one point, like, I think he just like forced it. He's like, we're not, we're taking it. We're taking it. And I was like, "Eh, eh, eh." and oh man. Uh, But they called me this morning and asked if I was feeling okay. And I thought that was very nice. That was nice. Um, I got to go back on April 12th for the temporary crown. And then again for the final crown. I don't understand why I have to wait to get the temporary crown, but I did. Um, I don't understand how any of this works. I, I don't like any of it. I'm I'm very afraid. Oh, they um, made do you wait to get the temp? Oh, yeah. I I, I have different. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no. I mean, I don't. I don't know. Uh, a lot of people seem to think this is not the norm. Um, and I I didn't know like why. I don't. I don't know if it would have taken longer because I was in the chair for like two hours yesterday. Um, and I don't know if that's like fast or short for a root canal. Again, I have no basis of comparison. Um. I, I do like the dentist. It may sound like I'm, I'm complaining. I actually thought he was really professional and good and was able to like tell me everything, but never made me, I was scared because I am inherently like panic. Like they took my blood pressure before and it was like real high. And I'm like, oh, it's, no. it's not going to, it's going to be high. Cause I'm really stressed out. And she took it again and it went down a little bit, but then like she let me sit there for a couple minutes and it's like, we're going to take it one more time. And I had, I had, <laughs> I had zenned out pretty hard at that point, and like so that worked out. And she did give me a pillow, like on the the dental chair, and I had not had that before. That was nice. Uh, I gotta say, like I I think I might have fallen asleep a couple of times during the root canal, or at least like I had zoned out so hard that I was like unaware of what was going on for a few minutes. And I thought that was great. I don't know if I'm supposed to do that. It was nice for me, um, but. Yeah, that was my first official day of spring break was uh, 8 a.m. root canal. Um, I get it. 
done and over with. Yes, I, that was a game I wanted as early as possible because I was like, if I sit around all day, I will be a nightmare because I was already a nightmare with an hour of like being awake and like getting ready. Um, if I had been sitting for like t- six hours, I would have come in there a nervous wreck. They would have probably had to wheel me in. Um, but yeah, that was my my first official day of spring break. And otherwise, I'm on spring break and that's fun times. Uh, so. You know, I am. Uh, I'm watching some movies. I'm gonna try to uh, watch a couple more, mo- like big movies. Um, recording two more podcasts this week. I got a Bamp episode for uh, a movie I'm gonna talk about momentarily, and then uh, we're we're gonna go ahead and record our 1991 movie astrology episode um, because Matt and I have seen a big chunk of the movies from 1991, including all of the top ten, um, both of us, I think, which is not always the case that we've both seen the entirety of the top ten, uh, but. Those will be out. I think we might hold 91 off for like a couple of weeks before we drop it because we don't do the astrology frequently. So we don't want to like give you two in one month and then not do another one for a year or something like that. So um, those are coming though, folks. So uh, if you like the shows that we do, uh, please make sure you, you are subscribed. That way you won't miss them when they do drop. Um, let's get into what we've been watching. Have you uh, seen anything recently, Corey? I have. So... I went with my friends, I think on Thursday, and we saw X. Yes, I also saw okay. X, and that's what we're recording our uh, episode on. I, uh, the Bam. Um, have watched, I don't know if he has any other movies. I've watched, besides the two, The Innkeepers and then, I think, House of the Devil. So I've watched House of the Devil twice, because I was like, I must be missing something, because one of my good friends really loves this movie but it did not work for me and neither did house of the devil, but I'm going to try, I'm going to give house of the devil one more try because then I've done my due diligence, but those movies did not work for me personally. Wait, I freaking uh, love none of them work. Neither of those two movies of his worked. I was like innkeepers and the house of the devil. Yep. Okay. I'm just, I, there was like a lot of talk. I was confused at which one. I know I talk a lot. I'm sorry. No, no, that's not right. Um, I so I as soon as I found out that X was directed by Ty West, <laughs> my excitement for it like went way down. <laughs> but we went to see it, and I actually freaking loved it. And the more I think about it, the more I love it. So I, there I we are on the same page with you on X. I also really loved it. Um, I uh, there's apparently a prequel they already filmed. Um, yes, please. And but I uh, I wasn't sure um, what I hadn't watched the trailer really even like I'd seen like a little thing on Instagram about it. And that was the, the bulk of what I'd seen. Um, I'm also not a fan of Texas Chainsaw, which you are. I love I, and um, that when I saw this trailer, I was like, oh, my God. And then I had it. the opposite reaction. I was like, oh, no, it's, it's <laughs> the Texas dread. Chainsaw. Um, but it to me, it's like it's like, hey, this is like Texas Chainsaw if it's not obnoxious and horrible and so i really liked it um and uh there's a lot of references to other horror um specifically psycho uh in this film there's a lot of psycho references in this movie and i i am of course a huge hitchcock fan what a shock film nerd and uh so i i like i like other when film nerds make film nerdy movies because that's what x is it's like an homage to a lot of the throwbacks there's tons of references. I mean, the, the gas station shot when they pull mm. in is almost ripped out of uh, Texas Chainsaw. Um, yeah, I, I actually kind of want to see it again. Um, I do too. It is it is ex- very hard R because uh, it it is sexual in nature uh, for moments. Um, so know that, listeners. Uh, if don't go if you don't like movies that are going to have themes of sexuality, which is um, it plays very much into some of the stuff i don't know if i fully have processed everything the movie's doing no but i think there's a lot there to dissect and um i i gotta say uh mia goth i i have liked but i i really liked her in this i thought she was really the good in this only movie that i can remember seeing her in was a cure for wellness and i yeah. freaking hated that movie there's oh a my podcast God. episode on this stream folks if you want to hear how we felt about the cure for wellness all those years ago but Dan and I, we broke up after that, so I just I think couldn't. So anymore. did Hollywood for the most part. Yeah, I was just he's, like, guys, we're done. <laughs> no. He's not, um, actually, no. You've seen a couple of her movies, Corey. Uh, you've seen okay. Suspiria. Uh, well, uh, no, 
I didn't. You didn't watch the new one. I'm sorry. No. Uh, we did the old. Only the original. Uh, High Life, though, we watched on this show. That was the Robert Pattinson sex box machine. Oh, yeah. Dang. I can't remember her in that. I don't either. That movie was but deeply disturbing. It. Maybe she mm-hmm. was the boss. I'm kidding. And um, then uh, she's in, uh, did you see Emma with the period um, with Anya Taylor-Joy? No, and I love Anya. Ah, you you should check this out. It's it's clueless, but in Victorian era. Um, oh, with Anya. We oh, saw that okay. right before uh, Kathy and I saw it right right before the pandemic hit, um, and liked it quite a bit. Yeah, okay, um, I have to check that out. But I freaking loved her in this movie, and yeah. I I just loved it. And then oh, I have more. Sorry. Oh yeah, please no. We we that was a little uh, sidebar of X because we both saw that this week. So, you know, I just get nervous about horror movies anyway, even though it's my favorite genre. And then I was like, oh, my God, it's Ty West and this just isn't going to end well. But it was great. Um, And then I rewatched The Wind, which is still streaming on the Netflix, my friends, if you want to watch that. Another, Yeah, it's another horror movie. Um, It, like, takes place when they were still trying to settle the West. Uh yeah, but it's, I like it. I um I liked it the first time, but I liked it even more the second time because you're like, oh, you know what I mean? Um, yes. The Batman. Bill and I went and saw that Sunday. I liked it. I think they do some strange things in it. I'm no. I know that we've been doing this podcast for a while, but you're obviously the expert here. I just like show up and say what I like. I thought there were some very weird things that happened in that movie. Like, especially there are a couple like camera shots that I thought were not good. Oh, wow. kind of stressed me out. Love the cinematography in that movie. So I hate there's a, I don't know. Can I talk about it? It's not really a spoiler. I, I don't know what it's, you're going to say. If uh, listeners, well, I guess. He's the Batman be- and he flies. See, I, I had a friend who also didn't like that. I, I very much enjoyed the hate realness. that shot. Well, I hate, so they're, like, it's like a ah, close-up of his face. The VFX. And his ears, like, his head is just cut off from the forehead up. And it's, like, f- you know, flapping around. Like, what, did he have a camera strapped to his forehead or something and it was turned backwards? I don't know. I really did not like that shot. But that... And then I can't think of some of the other things. And also, I won't say a couple things because it's a new movie. But overall, I liked it. I don't need to see it again. I'm seeing people say, oh, I saw it for the 12th time. And I'm like, I've, I've seen it twice. Really? You know, I, I really like it a lot. And uh... I they had a uh, I think it was a trailer with Kristen Stewart in it before the movie, which I thought was kind of funny. But the. So Rob Pattinson is a good actor. Like yes. Also, I have a question for you after the podcast. Remind me because it's not a spoiler. Never mind. I'm gonna say it right now. There's a grocery store in the Batman, and it's called Good Times. Oh, interesting. It's probably a reference. And I was like, hey, yeah. I was like, it has to be right. Um, it was like a little corner market. But how long? So many people, myself included wrote both of those actors off because of twilight yeah uh so many people and some people still hadn't seen all of the things they've done since twilight that's the other part and i haven't um, seen everything and i don't you know what i mean but yeah. they, i've seen them in things and they're both very good so i don't know but anyway that's what i and yeah that's what i've been watching um all right so i have uh i mentioned um the Evil Dead trilogy. So I've watched Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2. Uh, yesterday I watched those two. Uh, I watched, I'm sorry, I watched Evil Dead yesterday. Then I watched Crime Wave. So Crime Wave is Sam Raimi's second film. But the really crazy thing I didn't know until I was almost done with the movie is that Joel and Ethan Cohen wrote it. Oh. Um, which apparently the, they're friends. They all grew up like close together kind of thing. Um, I didn't know that either until uh, the, pod, uh, the Blank Check podcast is doing uh, Sam Raimi right now. Um, and Crime Wave is weird. I, I watched it on Pluto TV, uh, demand because I didn't want to rent it because I, I heard it's not great. And it's not, it's, but it's like, it's almost like a cartoon. It's not, it doesn't look like a cartoon. It has, um, honestly, I think oh. the, the closest thing I could compare it to in terms of like characters and weirdness would be Delicatessen. 
not that oh. it's, it's not a cannibalistic thing, but it is like this other world. The two villains who are uh, assassins who are hi- hired to kill a guy, but they kind of go rogue and start killing other people because um, they're not good at what they're doing either. Uh, but they're very much cartoon characters. Like they they feel like they are out of like a Looney Tunes cartoon. But again, they they're people. I mean, they're not animated, but it has that vibe, and it's got weird like zany sound effects, like a cartoon. Um, and that's kind of reminds me of Delicatessen. Like there's those weird like kind of moments where it's dark, but it's silly. It's like it's yeah. not. It's a comedy for sure, but it's like it's just it's weird. It's not it seems inappropriate, kind of. Yeah, for how dark it is. Yes, and um, I wouldn't say it's good, but it's engaging. Uh, it's it's also written in a non-linear way. Uh, it starts off with a character named Vic, who's about to be put into the electric chair. Again, it's dark, and then like he's trying to to convince everyone there that he's innocent, and if only they would. Francis McDormand was in it is one of the nuns. I didn't even realize that. Um, I'm looking at the the cast list. Um, and then the movie like becomes a flashback of him telling the story. So like, it wasn't really clear that that's what had happened at one point. And I was like, wait, am I, what am I seeing now? Um, so it's a little wild. Uh, it's, it felt a little long, uh, but it didn't help because I was watching on Fluted TV. So there were the ads on it. So like the ads oh. kind of, you know, would jump in. Oh, so completely, I, I this will mean nothing to most people, but there's a band called Mizio that I saw with Taylor at the Youngblood concert a couple of years right before the pandemic. We I took her to see Youngblood and Mizio. Oh, and I really that was liked, before the pandemic. Yeah, right before the pandemic. Um, and we really, I really like Mizio a lot. Like I've listened to them a lot since I saw them. Um, but so I'm watching. Pluto TV. I don't watch regular TV. I don't even have cable anymore. So like I don't see commercials very often. And I have like YouTube Premium, so I don't like see that on YouTube either. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't yeah. see commercials frequently anymore. It's 2022. Why should you? Right, but like so Pluto TV, a Summer's Eve commercial comes on. Oh god, they still make those? And Mizio, <laughs> song is on it and I'm like, "Hold up." Like <laughs> Because it's it's this song called "I See You," right? That's the name of the song, and it's they're not a big enough band where most people would recognize the song. I, in my opinion, I could be wrong. Maybe they're bigger than I thought, but like they were opening for Youngblood, and even Youngblood, who is big, still feels kind of underground big. Like he's we're it was a small venue that we saw them in, and I hear the song. I'm like, is that Mizio? And I had to like Google it and confirm that yes, in fact, that was the because they just took the chorus, but like, I'm like, Oh man, Mizio did a, they let their song get used on a summer's Eve commercial. But anywho, that was connected to the crime wave movie. Sorry folks. I, a tangent, but, um, caught a documentary on Disney plus called, uh, more than robots. My review for that is up at berkerviews.com. Um, it's directed by, uh, Gillian Jacobs or Jillian Jacobs. Um, you know, Britta from community, um, it's her directorial debut. Uh, so kind of cool little nod there. Um, it's a compelling doc. If you like, like if you're in, if you're a teacher, like myself, um, it's, it's one of those type of documentaries is kids, uh, competing in a, a robot building competition. Um, and it, it leads up to the pandemic. Like that's not a spoiler, but like that's part of the doc. It was being filmed and then the pandemic hit. Um, so that's part of the doc. Um, for I mentioned we're going to be doing 1991 for astrology. One of the biggest movies on in 1991 that I had never sat and watched was Ridley Scott's Thelma and Louise. Have you ever seen Thelma and Louise, Corey? I did when I was a kid, but I... Yeah. So, men are awful. And that movie makes me feel that way uh, very much. And not in a critical... I'm not criticizing movie for doing that. It's like, yep. yep. These are still things that happen now. Um, you know, like... Uh, I think Thelma is Gina Davis is the, the inciting incident of the movie. Like her husband is awful. She doesn't ask permission to go off with, with Luis or the other way around. I'm, I might be screwing up the names and LOL. I'll do what I want. What? And, well, but she's, she definitely doesn't have that attitude, but that's finally like she's had enough and like, he's so awful. Um, there are so many reasons why he's so awful. Um, and then 
like the very first thing that happens, she's almost raped. <laughs> and that sets off the chain of events that becomes what everyone knows of Thelma and Louise. It's like, I'd never seen the movie, but I'd seen the ending. Um, even more so, I think I Wayne's World 2, they do a parody of the ending. Um, so like I'd seen it done from their perspective. And uh, man, it's it's a really good movie. Um, irritating in the, the worst kinds of ways because you're just like, man, these people are awful. Not Thelma and Louise. You're like, these poor people. And uh, the one thing... Um, um, apparently this year I'm going to have seen a lot of Jenna Ortega movies because she's in a lot of stuff this first quarter. Um, and then I, by uh, coincidence, I'm seeing a lot of Harvey Keitel movies this year because he's the uh, lead investigator I in like this her movie. I a lot. Jenna Ortega? Ortega. Yeah, 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 same. Um, and I like Harvey Keitel a lot, actually. So, you know, um, it all balances out. I watched uh, the Jane Campion films and he's in a, f- a few of hers. He's in the piano and he's in... Um, holy smoke or holy i think it's holy smoke but um so thelma louise uh evil dead uh that's everything um i feel like i watched one episode of letter kenny i i've been meaning to get back into it i have not had an opportunity to really watch tv lately um when i have time to watch something oh but i've been playing a lot of video games i beat dying light 2 and then i bought wwe 2k uh 22 and i haven't well i used to play the wrestling games quite a lot and it's been uh, probably since like 2019 that i really got into one this one's got me hooked real fast um even though there's some glitches like with the uh th- the online stuff's not working consistently and it's a little aggravating but um i'm still like really hooked into the game i've only had it for 24 hours but so far i'm feeling like a drive to play it so much so i was late to recording tonight so what a friend i'm kidding uh, and, and partner um so that's what we've been watching. We're going to get into our review of The Night of the Hunter. This is the oldest movie from the now streaming month because everything I picked uh, were new movies that I had not seen. Uh, Corey picked the newest movie on the list, which was The Eyes of Tammy Faye, um, which has Oscar-nominated Eyes of Tammy Faye. But then Corey threw the curveball and went deep diving for the 1955 Night of the Hunter, which we watched on Amazon Prime. Um the movie is the only film that Charles Lawton directed. Uh, I, I haven't, I wanted to read more on this, so I got distracted playing video games. And, um, but it, it seems like, uh, you know, he had wanted to direct more, but never did. This movie has a 99 on Metascore. Um, a religious fanatic marries a gullible widow whose young children are reluctant to tell him where their daddy, their real daddy hid the $10,000 he'd stolen in a robbery. Um, 8.0 IMDb user score stars Robert Mitchum, Shelley Winters, Lillian uh, uh, Gish. Yeah, there it is. Um, James Gleason, Evelyn Varden, and Peter Graves. Um, really, though, we got to give credit to the kids Billy Ch- Chapin and uh, Sally Jane Bruce as Pearl. We get Gloria Castillo as Ruby, um, who's pretty relevant. Um, I'm looking. There's uh, Lila Gish is Miss Cooper. That's the the lady at the end. All right, yeah. Willa Harper is the mom. Um, Icy Spoon is Evelyn Varden, who uh, her husband in the movie is Walt Spoon, Don Badeau. I didn't catch that their last names were Spoon. Don't they sell like? Don't they work at like an ice cream parlors? Yes. Like, that's <laughs> funny. Um, I hadn't caught that little joke. Uh. So this is a movie I definitely had heard of, but knew very little about. Um, you picked it, and uh, what did you end up thinking? Um, I've had this on my list for a little while, because um, <laughs> I'm so intrigued by horror movies on the Criterion Collection. Mm. Like I know that seems really weird, but it's not really a genre that you know, has a lot of releases. So that is what on criterion. Yeah. On criterion. Um, so that's what initially reeled me in, but I had, I didn't like read a whole lot about it, but from what I had read, it seemed like it was going to be a really hard watch is why I put it off and I didn't purchase it myself. Um, but I actually really liked it. And I know people are going to be like, yeah, well, duh, it's a great movie. It's on the criterion channel, but John and I, Oh, we're, we're not here to alone say here. That's, yeah, that's not that's not a good 
you know? Criterion does not 100% mean everyone will like it. Uh, it. It does mean that you will get the best quality print that the movie has currently. Um, you'll probably get some good special know. features. What makes, uh, you know, a couple of the movies that we've watched important? I mean, obviously, I don't know. I can't even... It's hard for me to say that because I wasn't around during that time period to know, but, yeah. you know. Yeah, that's fair. Um, well, but I liked it. Uh, well, um, I also I also liked it. Um, I uh, was really shocked to find uh, when I first saw his tattoos uh, that said love, hate, I'm immediately like, hey, that's like, do the right thing. Um, Radio Rahim has the rings. And then he does the the speech in this. I'm like, holy crap! Spike didn't write that speech. Like he, he like it's not exact, but it's very similar. And I did not know that because I'd never seen this movie. Which I'm not surprised. Spike is a student of film. Uh, no one would criticize Tarantino or Edgar Wright for pulling from other movies. That is their whole existence, essentially. Um, I did read some very harsh criticisms about Spike. Someone was like, I couldn't believe Spike ripped it off. I'm like, uh, no. Calm yourself, guy. If Spike's referencing a movie, there's a reason. And I haven't got to really dive deeper into that, uh, but I'm, sh- you know, I have no doubt in my mind, like that it's a but direct reference to this. And how many movies do that to other movies? So many. So and many. Why is we were just talking I mean? about X? That's all yeah, X like, does is reference other movies. Don't just because you're not a fan of like you know, one director or one movie doesn't mean that everyone else doesn't do it too. So, you well, know, and I think a person who has watched as many films as now I have. And, and of course, like someone like Tarantino who's watched even more films, uh, I would like, I have based solely on my letterbox viewing, um, his, which I've gone through like decades and like click movies that I've seen. Right. Like, so I have tried to be as accurate as possible. I have seen well over 3000 movies in, in my lifetime. And, in the last six years since I started Burger Reviews, I've seen at least 1500 movies. So like I've a lot of what I've seen in my viewing history is in the last six years. So I know now when I watch a movie, I'm much more often seeing things where I'm like, Oh, I think that might be a reference to, or I think they might've pulled from this or whatever, because I've seen those movies now where back in the day, like I have a friend who's planning on going to see X who has never seen psycho. I'm like, you're, you're not going to get, 30 references that the movie makes, which I think is so cool. You will just think are moments and you won't understand necessarily the significance of the moment in the way that I did. But of course you won't know that you didn't know, you know, so it's like, it won't affect your enjoyment of the movie necessarily. But to me, those things enhance the movie. That's like night of the hunter. When I saw those, the tattoos, I'm like, Oh, that's interesting. And then when he started the, the story, I was like, Oh my God, I had no idea um, and so then my brain was like reeling going like, what was Spike doing? Like, what was his reason? What's the, mo- like, what's the connection? Cause Radio Raheem is a good guy and this guy is not a good guy. So you're like, what, what's the juxtaposition there? And I read a few, uh, people, uh, actually have a link to the, uh, a Reddit article where people were discussing it. Um, but yeah, um. I haven't, uh, one of the things I wanted to research and I didn't get to was, uh, this movie has a lot of like helicopter shots, I think. Um, I don't know for sure, uh, if that's how they were captured, but they're really, really shaky shots of like landscapes, like from a, a high angle, which implies they're on an, a helicopter, which in 1955 would not have been cheap, nor would the, they're very shaky. And I'm assuming that's why, like, because they were on a helicopter, probably. I, again, have not verified that that is what it was. I'm also, I was curious, like, are, is that, like, one of the first helicopter shots? And that's why it's so shaky. Do you know what I'm talking about? Did you see, like, the shakiness of, like, whenever it was, like, really high in the sky, looking down at, like, the, the trees and the field? A lot of this was very early in the movie, but it, it was, like, super shaky. Um, and in, I didn't know. It's possible, too, that that was just an issue with the print. Maybe the only print that they had to uh transfer was like bad i don't think so um it seems more likely to have been a a camera issue than it would have been an editing issue but um it i it just caught my attention uh early in the film but um yeah uh, i i recently watched the original um 
Cape Fear, which Robert Mitchum is the bad guy there as well. Um, and very similar uh, vibe. Like you're just like super uncomfortable whenever they're on screen. You're just like, I don't trust you. I don't like this. Please stop. Um, and uh, that's to credit. I mean, it's that's what you're supposed to feel. And man, does it does it work? Oh, pardon me. Um, yeah, but Robert Mitchum, I thought was really good in this. Uh, I also really, really like um, Lillian Gish, uh, who plays Miss Cooper, which we'll get to in a moment. Um, but yeah, listener, if you haven't watched this yet, um, it's available to stream free on Amazon Prime. Or if you don't have Prime, and uh, or you like maybe you're the smart one who's resisting Amazon and not letting them take over everything, um, it's on Tubi TV T U B I that uh, with commercials, of course. That's the caveat. You get it for free, but you got to watch probably a Summer's Eve commercial with Mizio playing in the background. It um, was also on. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, please go ahead. I was gonna say, isn't it on the HBO? I don't know now. Uh, it. I don't think. Oh wait, um, no, but it is on Canopy or Hoopla, where you can rent it with your library card. Uh, most libraries have one of those subscriptions, um, and it is also on Pluto TV, which is how I actually watched uh, Crime Wave, which is like Tubi. It's free, but with commercials, um, and you can rent or buy it on a lot of the, the stores. But like, I'm assuming if you're not paying for Prime, you probably don't want to just drop money on movies. I could be wrong, of course. Uh, however you want to watch it, those are options. But Corey, let's get into spoilers. Guys, from here on out, we are going to talk about this movie in great detail. You have been warned. So, one, there's some really cool shots in this movie that just look so cool, especially because it's in black and white. Um, the use of shadow, uh, that's where this film is classified also as a, no- a noir, which is a genre that you don't usually like. And so, ha! But we uh, have a good ending here! Yes, that is true. This movie does end on a upbeat uh, note. Actually, some of my favorite moments, because this movie, I'm trying to remember where I saw this, but I swear I read someone, uh, like, this movie is giving you the Frank Capra stuff. Like, the the, Capra had, he was notorious for being so um, sweet or so saccharine um, that they called his movies Capricorn because they were, like, cheesy, corny kind of thing. And that's It's a Wonderful Life is one of my favorite movies, but it has a lot of that sentimentality to it. And uh, for some reason, people often criticize sentimentality. Spielberg gets hit for that as well. But um, I don't mind that. And uh, this movie has that. And yet it has this horrendous serial killer as your main character for like the bulk of the film. And the, when the kid is with Miss Cooper, who is played by Lillian Gish, uh, the boy whose name I'm going to forget again. What What's his name? Um, he's Ben Harper, right? Oh I think he's no, better for this. Um, no. Ben Harper is not him. That's the dad. Uh, John Harper. Um, uh, Billy Chapin. Yeah. Um, he, he starts to trust her and he like holds her hand. Um, and it's just the sweetest moment. And then there is the Christmas present, you know, at the end where he gives her the apple <laughs> Um, in her own just, doily, in her own doily, and with a uh, a clothespin, um, and it's not even wrapped all the way. Like it's like it's it's, but it's so cute because he, you can see what his. It's the idea. It's the thought that counts. You see, he yeah. wants to give her something, and this is the best he has. And she is. It's so funny to me because when she first meets them, she immediately starts whipping them. Like she takes like a a switch and starts They're like not minding. Yeah. But they're not hers. Like she's just like <laughs> she's like, get up here. I need to give you a bath. You're dirty. <laughs> yeah. But. Like I don't know whose kids these are, but I'm gonna whip them and give them a bath. Like that happens today. <laughs> the cops are involved. HRS is involved. Like it's a whole thing. Um, I don't think it's called HRS anymore. Child services, whatever the correct term uh, is. Now. Child Protective Services CPS. Yeah. I think. Um, but like, yeah, like that tripped me out, <laughs> and like. I was, my mind was like boggled for a minute because I'm like, wait, what's happening? <laughs> I okay, so I want to backtrack a little bit. You were talking about the director, um, yes, uh, Charles uh, Lawton, Lawton, um, and that this is the only movie he ever directed. And also, I love Carnival of Souls, not a secret, I love that movie, but the director of that 
movie that's the only movie he ever directed also mm. and i was kind of wondering how many of the movies on the criterion collection are by these directors that only did one movie it's interesting and, um did you google it, it? Was, no i did not um but i was just thinking about that today i um listened to a couple of things about this but i um there were three scenes in this movie that so this movie is terrifying because I listen to a lot of true crime, like, all the time, guys. Like, you can probably count on me listening to anywhere between four and eight hours of true crime while I'm working every day. That's a lot, if you add it all up. Um, and I could, this could, this could happen. Oh, yeah. You know, and I just find it so terrifying. Um, and... I, I like kind of want to pop their mom a few times in this movie. But anyway, there are three scenes that I just think are absolutely phenomenal, beautiful and creepy and just like eerie, like times a thousand. So the uh, scene where they're in the bedroom, the uh, the preacher and the mother. And oh. it, 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 it's like pulled back and we can like see the pitch of the roof. Oh and yeah, he's, yeah, like, yeah. Standing over her and stuff. And I really love symmetrical shots anyway. But like that is he's like looming over her and just tearing her down and it's just really awful and scary. And we already said spoiler, but um after he's murdered her and we see her like tied up in the car under the water and her hair is like moving with you know the weeds under the water and stuff and it's like so beautiful but it's so just creepy um and then there's another scene further in the movie um it actually looks like it's part of the trailer on imdb but um where he's like on the countryside while they're up in the uh farmhouse in the barn oh Um, yeah 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 yeah. and it's just like black all we see is like him he's a form and it's like bright behind him and you know he's just like walk uh, riding this horse he stole um and singing and i so i just thought those scenes were just amazing yeah i agree actually with all of those and you reminded me because I, w- I was been trying to think I read something else. I'm like, what else did I read that I can't think of like where it was? And then I remembered when you said the, the part about the, the pitch of the roof, um, Robert, uh, sorry, Roger Ebert's review of this movie is really worth reading. Um, cool. I mean, he's always one of the best film critics of all time. So it, it's always a good idea to read what he wrote. Um, even if you don't agree with him, uh, he usually lends some pretty good insight into why he feels the way it is. Um, he's very high on this movie. He wrote this in 1996 and it's him kind of going like, why don't people wow, like 40 years later? And he's like, well, I think there's an earlier one too, but this is him kind of like re like we left this movie and we shouldn't have. Um, cause it's, it says many great movies are by great directors, but Lawton directed only this one film, which was a critical and commercial failure long overshadowed by his acting career. Many great movies use actors who come draped in respectability and prestige, but Robert Mitchum has always been a raffish outsider, and many great movies are realistic, but Night of the Hunter is an expressionistic oddity, telling its chilling story through visual fantasy. And that scene of the pitch roof is the... When I read the words visual fantasy, that was the first place I went, because it doesn't make sense how we're seeing it, and yet it's no. such a cool shot that it's just like... And that's the movie, though. Like, it, it that's that shot tells you what this movie is that it is this it's this weird nightmare almost as if we're in john's like trap you know that he this is how he's perceiving it it's worse than ever um and then uh like he keeps going on i'm not gonna read the whole review or anything but i'm, I'm looking um because i think he mentions that too like the uh the house it the it's almost like uh, Mary Poppins bag where like the way we look at the outside of the house and then how the house is oh, depicted yeah. it doesn't really make sense like there's no way for this to which is again by design this is not a criticism this is like a compliment to how creative this movie is at doing the things that it's doing um that it isn't just straightforward um 
And uh, this one's white eye boy. Blah, blah, blah. I'm looking. I'm trying to find where he specifically says it, but yeah, it's a really good. Uh, not again. What a shock! Roger Ebert's review is good, but I really would recommend checking it out, um, listeners and Corey, uh, because this movie is really. Guillermo del Toro loves this movie. <laughs> oh, I'm not surprised at all. Actually, um, stylistically, I could see that in a lot of the sh- the shot choices, and um, yeah, it's it's one of those movies. It's also it's only 93 minutes, uh, which is another Corey plus, I would say. Um, <laughs> yeah. But it it moves in like a very sp- kind of specific three acts. Um, like you can kind of tell when things are transitioning. Cause there's like weird zany stuff too. Like when he, when he goes to the cellar to get them and he, the kid pulls the, the shelf down and he gets hit by the bottles or whatever. And then they run up the stairs and he, the, he slips and, you know, falls again. Well, dives for the door. It gets his fingers smashed in the door. Um, it's, it's again, it's not a, not a criticism. It's, uh, I, I do think a lot of the perspective you have to think is because we're seeing it through the kid's eyes and so, like, maybe it's not as silly as it seemed, but the kid's like, this is how it played out, you know, and that's why it's weird. I don't know for sure, but that's just, like, one one explanation I could come up with why some of the stuff is so weird. Um, but again, not in a bad way, just in, like, this really innovative cinematic way. It, um, I listened to a review today, uh, and I would have to look up who it was, um, but in these aren't his exact words, but it's his idea. And I hadn't thought about it. Like in regards to that scene that you were just talking about with the shelf, um, that he's a predator and he preys on like children and these gullible women that are like easy to, you know, sway. And when he comes into um, contact with like stronger characters, he can't, hold his own anymore like mm. um when he comes um up to the house where they're staying with that lady i'm forgetting her name right now rachel cooper yes um and he she like points the gun at him he's like Ugh! but he goes and hides in the barn yeah which i thought that was interesting because i hadn't thought about it that way obviously that he's a predator but you know because it's set up in the beginning of the movie that he preys on widows yes yeah, he's uh gets pulled over um and goes to jail for not that uh but that's how he ends up finding out about the 10,000. Um but yeah, like that that whole like monologue where he it's him talking to God um in a really twisted pervert like perverse interpretation I, of religion apparently. And I think it was the same reviewer said that he's schizophrenic or something, but I didn't I don't know. I didn't take it as him being schizophrenic. I felt no. like he really thought he was talking to God. I also think that. Um, I don't feel like. I don't I mean, think I it, it wasn't like he was hearing voices. In my opinion, um, yeah, it, it was just him, Word. like you know, justifying his actions. Um, I, I don't feel like the character reads that way, but I, I definitely could be wrong. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it's. A interesting again another co- context because he is a he views women as sinners essentially like any uh he doesn't sleep with them no because that's it's only for having children and he doesn't want to have children um he has no interest in people so like why would he want children he's just trying to get money for some reason there is like a, a sense of greed which uh if you oh cory I hadn't thought about this until just now. My two <gasps> movies were both about abortion. And your movies were about oh my God, religious religion. figures manipulating people. Oh like, my God! Yeah. Which was not obviously the the motivation for picking this particular film or Tammy Faye. That one's just, but an interesting uh, coincidence. Um, Cause there's definitely some commentary uh, being made about religious figures <laughs> in this. Yeah. I just think that it's so interesting because like he, sings these hymns like throughout the movie and he like speaks to people in bible verses or like quotes them to people so i i just i feel like he really believes he's twisted and you know terrible but you know what i mean i 
I didn't get the, I don't know. Yeah, I, I totally think um, he is, he's a master manipulator. Um, and he does think, it does seem to think he is doing what God wants him to do, which is what makes him maybe even scarier because he doesn't think he's wrong. Um, yeah, no remorse. There will yeah. never be any remorse. And that's always nerve wracking, I would say. Um, you know, if you are, uh... you know, I think that it's very interesting because the one thing that I couldn't get over at the beginning of this movie, it's not really here nor there. It doesn't have to do with, you know, it doesn't change the story or anything, but like how John and Pearl's um, mother, she is not, you would think given what her husband does. I know that that's not necessarily her fault, but given what her husband does, you would think that the whole town would shun her, mm. but no one shuns her. The other town people love her. They, Icy Spoon talks her into marrying Harry. Which, she's the worst, boy. She just thinks she knows everything. Um, she talks some mad... She does. Crap about her own husband, and I'm like, wow. And he seems pretty dang nice, is all I'm saying. Yeah. Like, he, he seems... seems He's like, mm, this doesn't seem right, you know, a couple times. And I like the Uncle Bertie's step toe when he's, um, he finds the mother's body, but he doesn't want to tell oh. anybody because he's afraid that, you know, he'll be blamed for it. And the kids go there to try to get help because he always told them that they could have help. It, it's just kind of sad because none of the people that are supposed to protect them ever protect them until they, you know, meet up with Rachel Cooper. So um, the the shot of her at the bottom of the river is insane. It's it's so creepy and it's so good. Um, and then even like how when he looks down and sees her, it's got such an eerie ghost like quality. So... I want to know how they filmed it. Well, uh, I I don't have the how so much, but um, the shot of Winters at the bottom of the river. This is Ebert again is one of several remarkable images in the movie, which was photographed in black and white by Stanley Cortez, who also shot uh, Orson Welles' The Magnificent Ambersons. And once observed, this is a quote from Stanley Cortez, always uh, he that he was always chosen to shoot weird things. Um, he shot a few weirder than here, uh, with one frightening composition that shows a street lamp casting Mitchum's terrifying shadow on the wall when the kids see him like on the, the back wall, is like with the hat and everything. Um, the basement sequence, which I mentioned already. Um, oh, and when the kids are in the boat, there's so many cool shots, but check. Uh, I, I didn't pick up on this till I read this, but like there's like in the foreground, there's like a frog and spider webs. And it, it's almost like a biblical progression of like, Oh, interesting. The plagues and stuff like, I mean, yeah. And again, there's the, they literally tell the story about Moses floating down the river. Um, you know, there's references to that. Obviously the kids are they're found in the river. Like there's a lot of uh, religious symbolism and iconography. This movie is obviously we're not the first ones to talk about this. Um, but on the other hand, we did go into this uh, with almost nothing. Like I didn't know much about this movie. This wasn't a film that people have been telling me I should watch. Um, like it's on lists and things of that nature, but like no one has personally been like, but what? you've never seen know. night of the hunter. Like, yeah, no. And like, even, I only found things on people's lister like Guillermo del Toro when I went searching for it and they had asked him to come on and talk about the movie, I guess when it was being added to the criterion collection um, or he got to pick like his favorite criterions. It wasn't the closet because he was like seated for the interview, but like, you know what I mean? It's not, I, I haven't seen this on any list. I also don't look as, as many lists as you do, but you know what I mean? I just feel like this movie should probably be talked about a little more. Hi, guys. It is in the Edgar Wright's 1,000 Favorite Movies, um, which 1,000 is a lot. It's also in the 1,001 Movies You Must See Before You Die. But there's 1,000 movies there, so it wasn't like, you know what I'm saying? like This is I, my top 10. I don't. I've, I have a book of the 1,000 movies you need to see before you die, like the physical book. And even with that, I have not read every title that's in the book because – it's a thousand like it's it's every time i've ever looked at the book i'm like this is too many to like i there's a lot i haven't seen like uh, i have this list on letterbox so i can just look at the list i have only seen 31 percent of the movies on the thousand and one movies you must see so i've seen 320 of the 1000 movies so 
a lot I still haven't seen on this list. Some of them are very hard to get. Um, others are very easy to get, like this one we were able to watch right away. Uh, some are very old. Some are very new. Or not very, very new, but some are like movies that I've avoided for one reason or another. Like, I've never watched 12 Years a Slave. I'm going to, but I know it's going to just destroy me, and I don't want to watch it for that reason. And then I have never watched Blue is the Warmest Color uh, because it, it felt like when it came out, like I had heard so much about it that it felt like I didn't think I would appreciate it for why I should appreciate it at the time. I was, you know, too young minded. Now, as a, a much more mature person, I plan to watch Blue is the Warmest Color at some point, but still haven't. And that's just looking at page one of a thousand movies. There's so many movies. Um so and that this movie is not on page one, which is just probably as far as I've ever actually bothered to go because I'm just like on page one there's like movies I haven't seen, um, some of which I own uh, and still haven't watched. Uh, like I just bought the Wong Kar Wai box set from Criterion at the last Criterion sale, uh, and I, so I like several of his movies pop up on lists. I have not seen any of them yet. Um, and then there's a shameful one. The original Funny Games is on this, and I've seen the remake, but I never saw the original. I should probably go and watch the original, even though it's the same director. And that's why I haven't felt compelled to do that. Um, Cause I'm like, I like the one I saw and it's the same guy. So, you know, I don't, I have it. Am I not good there? But no, the answer is no, I'm not. <laughs> um, but uh, that's, I mean, there's, there's not a lot to talk about because it's only 96 minutes. And yet there's a bajillion things we could talk about, if, but it would all be first attempt of analysis. And I don't really want to do that. So, is there anything else you want to uh, talk about for Night of the, the Hunter? Lives up to the hype and is very creepy. Yes. And I would say, uh, listener, read that uh, Roger Ebert article for a much more articulate uh, breakdown of the film. And I'm pretty sure he's not what it. I'm here for. <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure he's seen it multiple times where like this is both of our first viewing and uh, have not done a lot of like reading or research outside of those reviews that we mentioned. So, um. I'm I'm gonna say must see film. I think that's pretty obvious. Same. Um, our that's that's the month of now streaming. When we come back on our next episode, we're gonna be getting into April. Um, and I'm excited for April. This is our subs, not dubs month. Uh, this is foreign language films. Um, and technically, if you want to watch it dubbed, it's whatever. But we are. Uh, I would assume we're watching all of these sub. Unless for some reason we can't. Um, Akira is the only one I'm not 100% sure we will, will have uh, if it'll be uh, an option. Because I don't know if Hulu has both versions. But oh. um, we'll find out. Uh, this month, um, starting off, we're starting off with A Separation, which I am excited to finally watch. Um, I watched A Hero from last year. Uh, it was my first uh, foray into the director's movies. I'm not going to remember his name off the top of my head. Um, and, uh, I really, really liked the separation a lot. And I was told by big tuna specifically that a, um, I'm sorry, a hero. I like the hero a lot. Um, Asgar uh, Farhadi. Farhadi. I hope I said that correct. If I didn't, I so apologize. Um, but a separation was his movie from a couple of years ago, uh, 2011. So 11 years ago. Um, mm. he's done other movies since then, but, uh, the Salesman is also supposed to be quite good. And then again, A Hero from last year was fantastic. A Hero is on Prime. Yes, it's on Prime. So if you haven't seen it, I re highly recommend that you try to watch that too, if you can, Corey. Because um, it would be a cool like talking piece. But if not, understandable. You know, you got other things going on. Uh, but we're, that's what we're starting with. Then we will be watching Onibaba, Akira, The 400 Blows, which will be my second uh, version of that. And I'm excited to come back to it because... The, it was Your one of the viewing of 400 blows, but it's okay because it was, I think year one of Burke reviews. And I don't think I was as open to that kind of movie then. So I'd like to rewatch it with six years of now diving into film and studying it more um, to see how it clicks for me this time. And then uh burning from, I think 2018, if I'm not mistaken. Um, those are our foreign films that we're doing for subs, not dub month. Uh, foreign as in not American because we are American, not because of the old Oscars kind of negative take on it. It is 2018. I was right. Um, I considered a couple of other movies, but uh, this is the one I, I went with. Uh, yeah, Stephen Young's and Burning. Um, I think you just saw that. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, and that's in uh, that's also on Prime if you want to watch Fun. it there, listeners. So lots of options this month. Um, the uh, Onibaba and the 400 Blows both on HBO Max because HBO Max apparently is the better Criterion channel. Uh, sorry, Criterion channel. But so many of the movies that you would get on Criterion channel are on HBO Max and you get way more stuff on HBO Max. Yeah. So, you know, cool. Cool for us. I hope it doesn't change. Um, I know. I feel like I need to just watch all of them. Yeah, before they remove them or something. Yeah, they're um, like, oh, God, they caught on. No. <laughs> but, yeah, we'll be starting with a separation next week. Uh, come back then and uh, listen to our thoughts on the film. Um, in the meantime, you can follow us on social media. I am at Burke Reviews and Corey. At Corey R Star, two R's on the end. And if you like what we're doing here at Movie Club Podcast, we ask that you take a few moments Give us that five-star review on whatever podcatcher you are using to listen. Uh, It helps other people find the show. Um, And with that, we say keep watching movies. Hey, this is Matt from What I Watch Tonight. Come join me in the back row for movie discussion, retrospective episodes with guests, director-focused shows, end-of-year rankings, start-of-the-year predictions, and much, much more. There's more going on in the back row than you might think. Burke Reviews Podcast, burkereviews.com.